Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. I want us to take our Bibles and we're going to go to the book of John. We're in our Survey Says series. Um, I'm con- constructing these messages, putting them together based on feedback from you, what you want me to preach on. And I really appreciate all of you who um, participated in that. And there were three main things that stood out um, in all of the questions and all your inquiries. And the first one was prayer, which we, we covered the last three weeks. And uh, the next one was the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the operation of his gifts, the baptism of the Spirit, the importance of the Spirit in your life. How do you I activate the Spirit and uh, uh, know him and know his leading? And uh, so, or just what part of the Trinity is he? I mean, what? <laughs> so we're going to talk about the person of the Spirit. We're talking about his power and his practical um, revelation to you so that you can, in your practical life, have spiritual practicality, which invites supernatural intervention, which invites supernatural connection to your physical life, to your, this physical world. That's what we need. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me say now more than ever before. And let me tell you something. The power of evil, the power of sin are one level of power. But the power of the Holy Spirit is way beyond. They don't even compare. They are not equal in share. The grace of God abounds more than sin. The power of the Holy Spirit in you is the same power that raised up the Lord Jesus from the dead, which means he has the power over death itself. We are all naturally powerless to death, but the power that is in you is a resurrecting power. And we need this, his activity in our lives. We need the the everyday experience of the Holy Spirit. We need miracles. We need signs. We need wonders. We need to be able to show this world that a life with God is different than a regular, ordinary life. That God is present in us and his goodness and his blessings are real and his healing power is real and his joy is real. His peace is real. His salvation is sure and it's everlasting. Amen. And so Jesus said, let your light so shine before man, that they may see your good works. See, that's why these good works he's talking about are those good works that are empowered by the working of the Spirit in us. Lots of people are doing good things in the world, right? But being empowered by the Spirit to good works puts a light on your life. One that you're maybe not even naturally intending to be. But because the Spirit is in you, and when you allow Him to do what He can do, And let the Spirit of God lead your life. Your lights are going to shine, shine bright. So is your future. So you better get a pair of shades on. So let's, uh, so anyway, I was really excited to, when when there were so much uh, 
chatter about the Holy Spirit. So, so many questions. And uh, so we're going to jump on it today. And I don't know how long we'll be in this, but you know how we do. We take our time around here. Amen. All right, well, I'll share this joke with you like I did for the early service. So all of you will be in pain equally. I'm just kidding. Oh, that was cute. This little girl climbed down to Santa's lap, and he asked her the usual question, what would you like for Christmas? She looks at him. She's puzzled, stunned, mouth open. Finally, she says, you didn't get my email? (laughs) Santa needs to update a little bit. In John 16, Jesus said, it is expedient or it is to your advantage that I go. It's to your advantage. He's telling his disciples, it's to your advantage that I leave. Because if I don't leave, then the helper won't come. But when he comes, the world's changing. When he comes, he will guide you into all truth and he will show you things to come. This is what he's saying about the spirit. The spirit of God is going to keep you in the light. When you're living by the spirit, you won't live in the dark. You won't know where you're going. Ah, you always know where you're going. He will show you things to come. He's going to put the light on the path before you. And he's going to guide you into all truth. Truth will be the gauge that you live your life by. And it will keep you also from living in error, living a lie, living in sin. He will guide you into all truth. We need the power of the Spirit. We need his activity in our life. We need to know him in a greater way. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I leave. You imagine what that, they're like, how is that possible that that's to our advantage? It's been quite advantageous that you're here with us, Jesus. But see, what Jesus is saying is that in bodily form, I'm limited. And so his ministry was very external in that way, mostly. But when the Spirit comes, he's, he's going to influence the world because he can be anywhere at all times. Woo! On everyone, in everyone. It's a global (laughs) influence. It's a worldwide connection to God through His Spirit. Not only worldwide, but in us, in our hearts. Jesus was with them, but He said, you're going to have an in-you experience now. With you and in you are two different experiences. And when the Spirit of God is in you, He's going to be there, and that anointing that He brings is going to teach you all things. And that anointing is what empowers you to do the work. It's what empowers you to preach. It's what empowers you to do the good things. It is the functioning aspect of the Spirit of God. And Jesus is telling his disciples that he has to go. And in verse 16, or chapter 16, verse 8, he says, And when he, talking about the Spirit, has come, he will convict the what? The world. So here he is. Here's his world influence, worldwide, of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So uh, Acts chapter 2, Peter standing there uh, after the Holy Spirit had been poured out and 120 people began to speak with other tongues and people heard them from, people came from all over the world and they were hearing them in their own language. They said, how are these Galileans, how do they know my language? And it was a miracle of the Spirit. And though there was much confusion, uh, along with that confusion, there was very much curiosity. So Peter 
being filled with the Spirit of God, was able to get up and articulate before the people what they were seeing in this phenomenon. And he said, he quote, goes back to the Old Testament to the prophet Joel, and he says, this is what Joel says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit, let's read these three words, on all flesh. See? All flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. We need the Holy Spirit. That's all there is to it. We got to have him. We got to have him. We got to awaken to him more and more. This resident power that is stirring in us all the time. A river, the scripture says, and Jesus said, out of your belly, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. And John said this, he spoke of the Spirit. But the problem is, it's such a tragedy for me to see the church getting bogged down when it comes to the Holy Spirit. So much division and debate, so many arguments, theological issues, at the expense of knowing the personal dynamic power of the Spirit. And as a result of that, this division, the church is divided on it, and that just only breeds ignorance. People who need to know don't know because everybody else acts like they do know what they don't know. Instead of uniting, people are taking sides. We're all on the same side. Huh? And the Holy Spirit is actually the unifying factor. But the enemy has done a, he's done a pretty good job of dividing us over that which unites us. Not only ignorance, but it also means there's inexperience. Because there's this other extreme. Another tragedy is that it's been, the things of the Spirit have been misrepresented. You know? Come on, talk to me today. Things taken to an extreme. Error. Perversion. When it came to the, comes to the Holy Spirit as gifts. Wow. But we have to have it. That's why I'm here. I'm glad you asked these questions because I want to show you from the scriptures because we need what we read. <laughs> huh? We need it. We need what this Bible is saying. It's, it's showing us all the potential that this was not just for a certain set of people. When the spirit came in the last days, are we in the last days still? Yeah, yeah this is still prominent. This is still right now a very relevant message for us. He'll pour out his spirit on all flesh. Huh? We have to have it. And we don't condone error here. We, we must, we are about this book. Come on, one cause, help me. We are about this Bible. I want to see the people of God living that Bible experience. Living in the realities of these promises. The word of God active in your life. The spirit of God activated in your life. Amen. I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and I'm grateful for it. 
I'm grateful for those wonderful times of just the all-out hunger for the things of the Spirit. I don't appreciate all of it. There was a lot of error, too. You know? I couldn't bring any friends to church. They were scared to death of us. You know? So I, I knew that that part needed to change. We shouldn't be turning, this should not be distracting people or retracting people. This should be attracting people. And, I think, and if it's of the Spirit, it will. Uh, <laughs> a lot of experience, not a lot of understanding. But I am grateful for the experience. So because of, of, of error and misuse and all those kinds of things, it's caused many people to, to really retreat back about their, their pursuit of the things of the Spirit and just kind of live a quiet life and yeah. you're good, I'm good, we're all good. We'll talk about the Holy Spirit, but that's about as far as we want to go. We got a good theology of the Spirit. And so in a reaction against the wild things that may happen from time to time, many have effectively, effectively quenched the Spirit. And the Bible says specifically, do not quench the spirit. Don't despise prophesying. Huh? Don't quench the spirit. Don't extinguish that fire. That fire's got to burn. We need that fire burning in us. Amen. We got to have it. Come on, tell somebody next to you, I got the power. <laughs> Some of you know that song. Paul also admonishes us again in 1 Corinthians 14. Look at this. Therefore, brethren and sisterin, desire earnestly to prophesy. In other words, he's saying, don't cower away from it. And Paul is, is talking here to the Corinthians who were misappropriating these gifts. And he came in to bring order to them. All right? So he didn't come in there and say, all right, you know what? You guys screwed this whole thing up. Shut it completely down. No, 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 no. He helps them see the purpose of it. Listen, guys, this is about the edification of the church. This is about a sign to the unbeliever. That's the purpose of these things. All right? In, in the pursuit of love, uh, that we desire these things. So you need to desire earnestly to prophesy. That's wonderful. And do not forbid to speak in tongues. But let it be done decently and in order. Amen. Got to have the power. Got to have the power, but we also have to have the order. You, know, you can't just have the order, though. You know? Well, that was kind of one of the things we bragged about in our little Pentecostal church. We ain't going to have no order or service around here, bless God. We're going to let the Spirit just lead us. Okay, I like your heart. But that's dumb. All right? Got to have order. He's a God of order as well as power. My grandmother went to be home with Jesus on December the 5th. She went to heaven at 89 years old. Trying to get there since she was 80. I don't know how many times I heard her say, I don't know why the Lord still has me here. I wish I could just go to sleep and wake up in heaven. But I keep waking up here on the earth. And... <laughs> And she lived in 81, 82, and every time, I don't know why the Lord won't just take me home. I feel like I'm done. But the thing was, she wasn't done. 
She kept getting called on. She was playing piano in every church in Thackerville. Playing at the Methodist church, playing at the Baptist church, playing at the, the Pentecostal church. And they're all vying for her. whoever could get the phone call to Sybil Holler first. Got her as the piano player that Sunday. And the, did I say Methodist church? Yeah, Methodist Anyway, Church of Christ church. Church of Christ. I said play piano at a Church of Christ church. Interestingly enough, it's really quite a miracle. My mom grew up, grew up in that Church of Christ church where, you know, they don't do instruments in church. But something started happening in that little community, and they merged with the Spirit-filled church. And the Spirit-filled people said, we're bringing our instruments. <laughs> and they're doing it today. It's awesome. But the things of the Spirit, you know, I learned so much of these things from my grandmother. Great woman of God. She's, she's the matriarch of our faith. She's, she's really why we're in the kingdom of God. Because she prayed us in. You know, if, if, if grandma is praying for you, you better surrender. You might as well just give up. You might as well give up. You're coming into the kingdom. You're going to get saved. You're going to serve God. Because grandma prayed so. <laughs> it's the kind of woman she was. And... Um, I, I, I thank God. I thank God that she um, went after the things of the Spirit and was regularly active in the Spirit. I got set free at two years old from devils because she was active in the Spirit. I used to hold my breath and pass out, get so ticked off. My mom said it was terrifying. For, I mean, they were just kids. They were 16 when I was born. Terrifying for them to watch me hold my breath until my eyes rolled in the back of my head and face turned blue, you know. One day my dad had had enough of it, and we were at my, my grandma's house. And as soon as I started going into that fit, he said, no. He picked me up, and he took me in the bathroom, and he turned the cold water on in the shower, and he shoved me under there. Well, when he did, I went catatonic. And he's going, Eric, Eric. No response. Just had my eyes open. And so he's like, all right, well, if that won't get a response, I'm going to whip him. So he takes me into the bedroom, pulls my little pants down, starts tanning my hide, and I'm just... And let me tell you something. Dad didn't spat. You knew you had a whipping by the time that thing was over. And my grandmother comes in there in that bedroom. She says, John, you know what this is. Set that boy free. Now, I have to say this about my dad. This time, he wasn't walking with God. He had come to know him as a kid, but then he got in his teen years and walked away. And he said, Mama, I, I don't know if I can do that. I'm, I, I'm not walking with God. She said, John, it ain't about that. It's about that name. You command that spirit to leave him alone in the name of Jesus. Well, Mama, why don't you do it? No. You're his father. So my dad laid his hands on me. And he commanded that spirit to leave me in the name of Jesus. And when he said the name of Jesus, man, I came loose. All of a sudden, the pain from that whipping hit my backside. <laughs> and I started crying. And from that day forward, never did another one of those tantrums again got set free because my grandmother decided we were going to live by the Spirit. 
I don't have time to tell you all these stories, but I know you've heard me tell you, tell you many of them. She's influenced my life so much and given me such a hunger for more than what we see in this world and helped me to know just by watching her life that there is a true demonstration of his power. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Let's go there right quick. Oh, it's noon. Oh, yeah, Cowboys aren't playing. That's right. Verse 4. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. What's that joke about the preacher who went to preach at the church? Asked the pastor, what time do I need to be done? How long can I preach? He said, you can preach all day. We all go home at noon. <laughs> Help yourself. Acts 1-4. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. But to what? Wait. Now, wait a second. Where is he going? Where is Jesus going? He's, going? he's about to ascend to heaven. He's already died for our sins. He's been buried. He rose again from the dead. And now he's there. These are his parting words. Think about this. His parting words are basically this. Now do nothing. Go and wait. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, verse 5. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And about 10 days later, where the place where they had gathered and waited, he showed up. Think about this. Do nothing. What is Jesus saying to them? It's like he's saying to us. Do nothing without Pentecost. It's not time to go preach right now. It's not time to go to the mission field. It's not time to, to give to the needy. Do nothing before Pentecost. You have to have this experience first. And as essential as this was for the early church, my family, we got to know how essential it is for us as the latter church. For us as individual Christians. As the church as a whole, for Christianity, it was the fullness of the Christian experience to be saved, to be water baptized, and to be spirit baptized. Every writer of the New Testament spoke in tongues. Did you know that? Every writer in the New Testament spoke in other tongues. Wow. Uh, that's pretty important, isn't it? I got the power. Listen, as Pastor Alex was talking earlier, that maybe you're struggling, you're failing, keep seeming to come back to the same thing over and over again. Can't seem to get a breakthrough or victory. But this, listen to this. This is God's revelation to you. I'm so glad that you came today. If you're in that place and you're stuck, you're stuck in the same experiences, hear this. You're trying really hard to live this Christian life, and that's the problem. Let me give you some good news today. It's impossible to live the Christian life. <laughs> it's impossible. 
except with the power of the Spirit. It's the only way you can. It's the only way we can. Come on, my family, help me out here. It's impossible with our own strength and our own might and the smarts up in our head. We can't do it. We have to have his help. Only can it be done by the power of God. Paul said, since this encounter with Jesus, I figured something out. It is no longer I who live. It's Christ in me living. The life that I now live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. Amen. This, the energy of encountering God is not something that is derived from your own human resources. It's, it's not even done by your own willpower, strong as that may be. Not by your knowledge and doctrine and theology, but simply the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. If your car won't start and you're stranded on the road, the next thing you have to do is get out and push. If that ignition doesn't engage, my family, that Holy Ghost is the ignition in your life. And if you're trying to live life without Him, without His influence, without His guidance, yeah, you're going to get tired. You're going to try and try and try and try, and you're going to wear yourself out. That's why Jesus says, He sends out this invitation, come to me, all of you who are trying so hard. All of you who are weighed down with the burdens of failure. All of you who are weighed down with the burdens of disappointment, of fear, of laboring and toiling, come to me. I will give you rest. I will give you, learn from me. Take my yoke upon you. It's easy. And my burden is light. Oh, yeah. Woo, thank God. You know, there are many who, who they get saved, and I mean the burden of sin comes off, right? The burden of that guilt and shame and, and thinking about judgment day, that all goes away by the liberating power of the Spirit of God. And then join a church, and then what does the church do? Lays burdens on you. Things way too heavy to carry. That's not Christianity. Huh? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is. Come on. You got to say it like Mel Gibson. Freedom! Huh? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is. I love you. Huh? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your spirit. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. I said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. See, that the whole Christian operation is one of by grace through faith. By grace, through faith. Grace is the hand of God giving it. Faith is the hand of us receiving it. Huh? I believe that as Christians, everyone in this room has a desire for the greater. It's the God desire. Your spirit cries out to you. There's more. You're better than this. 
Don't settle. Don't stop here. Don't get satisfied with being satisfied. Huh? It's always in there stirring. This hunger, this hunger, this hunger. Oh, man. Got steak dinners when we're eating ramen noodles. Hmm? Well, I don't want you to fear these things. The Holy Spirit's nothing to be afraid of. Oh, no, 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 no. He's your friend. He's the one who brings that peace that you need. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Huh? But there are many who are afraid of the spirit. They're afraid of... Uh, he's going to make me say things I don't want to say. He's going to make me do things I don't want to do. You know, they're afraid of being controlled by the Spirit, but that's not how the Spirit works. You know, the fruit of the Spirit, some call it fruits of the Spirit. It's actually one fruit with many aspects to it. And one of the aspects to the fruit of the Spirit is called self-control. So what the Spirit does is He frees you. Ah, come on. So that you actually have control under his influence. That's what he does. You know, I understand some of the trepidation because they've heard things like this. Stuff I heard all the time when I was growing up. I couldn't help it. The Holy Ghost just got a hold of me. Well, I don't want that. I I like to have some control here. His fruit is not him controlling. His fruit is self-control. He wants you to control. By his influence. Oh, thank you, Lord. He, he ain't got no interest in turning you into his little robot, making you do things or say things that you don't want to do or say. Huh? That's a lie of the devil, my family. Yeah, there are experiences where God overwhelms us, you know? We call it being slain in the spirit or whatever. I don't like the term slain in the spirit. <laughs> Maybe lane in the spirit. Slain is just like, that's brutality. I've been slaughtered in the spirit. <laughs> he committed manslaughter on me today. But think about the, 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 the terminology. I mean, if you're on the outside, you're like, slain in the spirit? <laughs> and I've had wonderful times, you know, where my physical body couldn't stand anymore. Just, just the, the beautiful presence of the Spirit. Maybe it in, evokes weeping and laughing or whatever those kinds of things. Many people have had wonderful encounters. But ultimately, even in all of the midst of those very deep, meaningful encounters, you still have a choice. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Can we go one last place? Yeah. Sure, we can, Pastor. Oh, who said? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. I will let you go after this. Verse 11. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, let's say that, how much, much more will your heavenly Father give what? 
the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. I love Jesus. I, I love how he, he gives us no room to fear here. He dispels all that by helping us understand, listen, your intention for your children is always good. He's called your heavenly father. Where do you think you got that nature? Hmm? Your children ask for something, you want to give what they ask for. And when you want the power of God and you desire the power of God by his spirit in your life, guess what he's going to give you? He's going to give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Oh, thank you, Lord. If he asks for bread, give him a stone. This being filled with the Spirit, the infilling of the Spirit, my family, must be our daily bread. Not a, an experience from time to time. It must become the daily thing. I'm preaching to Eric Holler just like I'm preaching to everybody else here. Actually, this message hit me first, and now I get to deliver it to you, so I'm not alone. Amen. Will he offer him a stone? Well, what does a stone represent in the Scriptures? It represents the law of Moses, the commandments. You ask for the Spirit where there is liberty, is God going to give you something that binds you? Rules and regulations. No, well, the church might do that, but not God. Or if, think about it. If he asks for a fish or an egg, will he offer him a serpent or a scorpion? Serpents and scorpions are going to hurt you. God's not going to give you something to harm you. Amen. How much more? How much more? So what does that mean? What is our response to that? By faith, lay claim of that promise. Pursue love. Desire those spiritual gifts. Pray, God, help me to awaken or awaken me to this reality of the Spirit in me. His power that's there. So I don't lean on my own understanding. So I don't lean on my own resources. So I don't keep trying and trying and trying. But we'll be free by his liberating power. Everything in this Christian walk has to be received by faith. It's not just about asking and asking and asking. There, there are many who are out there just spinning their wheels. I'm asking, I'm asking God and he's still not doing it. And I'm asking him and I'm asking. Doesn't he see how often I pray? You got the asking part down, but there's a key ingredient. It doesn't stop at asking. It is asking and believing you receive it. Yeah. Not just about the asking. God wants to know, how are you asking? Are you asking, expecting to receive? Huh? Are you asking and just hoping something works out? Because I don't operate like that. I need you to believe me. And if you'll believe me, then you'll receive from me. Hmm? Fully trusting him. He will not allow fear in this relationship. Hmm? His perfect love cast it out. He wants you to come to him with full assurance, fully confident that when you come to him, you get exactly what you asked for because your heavenly father, much more, will do that for you. That's good preaching, Pastor. Thank you. Stop agonizing over begging and asking and pleading and just come to him and rest. Breathe in the power of the spirit. Lord, thank you. Come on, let's just pray right now. Huh? Stop your striving. Leave your striving right here where it is. The labor, the toil. 
the persistence, persistence. Listen, rest. Take this moment. Say, Lord, I make the exchange with you. Here are my burdens. Here are the things that I have piled up on my own life. I want your yoke and I want your burden. I want that which you offer, which is easy and light. I trust you. And I want your spirit. I want your spirit and all that he brings with him. The gifts, the manifestation of the spirit. The power, the revelation. The knowledge of God. I don't want to keep doing it my way any longer. Tired of failing. I want to win. I want to win. And there's only one way to do that. It's by your spirit. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you right now. Man, I sense, I see it in the spirit. I see Heaviness coming off. I see darkness coming off. Whew, thank you, Lord. The light of his glory and grace here. Amen. Better be careful when you're walking out. You might just be on your tiptoes. You're going to feel so relieved from the burdens. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. If Today, you want to be baptized in the Spirit. You want to speak in other tongues. It's been a desire of yours, and you kind of keep hitting this roadblock. You're going to be free from that today. I'll be right up here right after the service is over. And I'll stay as long as I need to, because I want you to have this experience. It changed your life. And it's, it's one way that will keep you aware continually of this great Spirit in you, this resurrection power. Is praying in the Spirit. Because when you're praying in the Spirit, you're praying the desires of God, the will of God. Huh? We need that. So if you're here today and you want to receive that, come and see me right at the end of this service. Huh? Get filled up, empowered, equipped, and rested, liberated by the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. We've got many more things to talk about concerning Him. Thank you for asking. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Pastor Alex, come and dismiss our family today. Let me just bless you before he does. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Whew, thank you, Lord. And cause his face to shine upon you always, you and all of your house, and be gracious to you and give you peace. And may you know a greater experience and level and depth of what it is to have the Spirit of God living in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.